Welcome back to NL News Day. Hope everyone's having a lovely snowy Monday here to uh, kick off the week of the Christmas holiday. Since it is, of course, the first day of the week, as always, pleased to welcome to the show now Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee. Kyla, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. And I understand it's snowing today in Vancouver as well. It is. Something you don't see very often, but uh, makes it feel like it's a little bit more in the holiday theme. So that's nice to see anyways for the start of the week. Okay, I wanted to kind of piggyback on a conversation we actually had last week in relation to churches. So, like I said, last week we talked about how the RCMP announced it was looking at the possibility of laying charges against three churches in the Chilliwack area for holding in-person services. Well, late last week it was announced that those charges were indeed going to be laid. Uh, Police said they charged representatives of the congregations with eight counts of failure to comply with an order of a health officer, including fines totaling more than $18,000. Now, we talked about how, um, you know, having these charges laid will be more of a deterrent, hopefully, than just, uh, you know, the fines, the $2,300 fines that could be levied in these cases. Um, What was your, I guess, initial reaction when you saw that the charges were indeed laid? Because we talked about how we weren't necessarily sure if they were going to go through or not on Monday, but they happened on Thursday. Were you surprised uh, at what we saw? I wasn't surprised to see the charges being laid. I think at this point, it's you know, it's becoming necessary that uh, you know, for people who are not following the orders, the that more action is taken. Um, I was surprised to see that it was it was targeted at members of the congregation more than it was targeted at the people who are actually organizing the services and making sure that they go forward. Yeah, and that kind of contradicts uh, what we've kind of been seeing since since fines started to be levied here, right, in the province of BC. Uh, a lot of the target is, targets have been those who are organizing these these events, right, these in-person gatherings, these parties. It goes to those who are, are playing the part of host, right, typically speaking, and this kind of went the opposite direction. So um, maybe a bit of a change, I guess, maybe a, a shift in how uh, they're looking at laying these charges, or do you think this might just be a one-off? I think that it's a a shift in how they're laying the charges because we've seen so much non-compliance. You know, we've we've seen lots of tickets issued to people who are organizing events despite the fact that they're not supposed to be organizing them. Lots of the, you know, the COVID-19 enforcement measures have been used. Um, But we haven't seen any slowdown in that small group of people who continue to defy the orders. They're continuing to defy them even though the tickets are being issued. And so I think it's, you know, ramping up the type of charges that are being laid as well as who's facing those charges might be more likely to deter individuals. And last week when we talked about this, I, you know, I expressed concern at the possibility that the organizers and the leaders could become martyrs Mm -hmm. for their congregation. I think that perhaps strategically charging the members of the congregation as opposed to the leaders is also a Avoiding that ability for somebody to be a martyr for the cause of continuing to have in-person religious gatherings, notwithstanding the health orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think this means now moving forward? We talked about the, the possibility of, of precedent setting here last week. Um, so what does this mean, I guess, for other jurisdictions? If there's concerns now in a smaller community, is that process to go about laying these types of charges against congregation members quite a bit easier now because of, of what happened here in, in these uh, three instances? 
now that it's happened once, it makes it a lot easier for other communities to to follow suit and to lay similar charges. I was just hearing last night about um, a similar situation that's happening in Victoria. Um, so it is happening in smaller communities and other locations in British Columbia. And this now gives the police more ammunition um, to go in to deal with the situation and to put an end to things that we know are spreading the virus in our community right now. Is this do you think as, as far as it can be taken at this point in time? Because we're, we're talking about essentially, right, some um, um, examples being set here, I guess, in these kinds of cases. But if we continue to see people breaking these types of rules, and this isn't specific to churches, that's just kind of the, the area we're talking about this in. But, uh, you know, can, can more steps be taken beyond this? Do you think that this is, you know, potentially still uh, a lighter sentence than what could be handed out if, if people continue to refuse to obey the rules? Oh, more steps can certainly be taken beyond this. I mean, there's the possibility of imposing... uh, imposing conditions as part of a bail order because these charges are being laid under the uh, under the Provincial Health Act. And there's a possibility even of imprisoning people, um, like denying them bail while the charges are pending in court if they continue to defy the orders and continue to defy them in the face of these charges. I think that's all I have on that subject for now, Kyla. I did want to move on to one that's a little bit silly here in relation to an incident that happened uh, on the island earlier this month. I believe it was on December 1st, but I just saw the story come out over the weekend. A woman on the island saw her vehicle end up in a ditch, but according to her, it was actually her dog's fault. Yeah, police said the 58-year-old woman told the officer it was just her and her pet inside the two-door sedan when it crashed into the ditch. But it was the dog that was actually driving. Kyla, have you ever even heard of someone trying to pass the bug onto their pet in this kind of a situation? I think this is maybe the second or third time that I've heard somebody try and blame their dog for being in an accident. It has never worked. Nobody ever <laughs> believes it. It's the worst excuse. Uh, even if it was somehow believable, I mean, wouldn't they still be on the hook for allowing their dog to take control of the wheel? Oh, absolutely. If you're, you know, if it's an impaired driving situation and you're so drunk that you're letting the dog drive, that's some pretty solid evidence against you. (laughs) It's definitely dangerous to let the dog drive. If you have a pet, don't blame them. They do a lot for you and don't let them drive, obviously. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't teach your dog how to drive then? Is that what you're saying? Not unless it was in a closed course with appropriate safety gear. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that that, that opportunity um, arises at some point because I would love to see video footage of that. <laughs> um, okay. So we got covered on that one. But uh, the premier had some interesting comments kind of going back to public health orders here. Um, so he had a recent radio interview and uh, Premier John Horgan said that he and his wife were planning to get together with his son and daughter-in-law over the holidays. His quote, uh, my daughter, I have to confess, is anxious about that because she doesn't want to break any rules, but I checked with my buddy, that being Adrian Dix, and he said it was okay. So that was his plan. The four of us will be eating something on Christmas Day, and that'll be about it. But then, a day later, essentially, he retracted all of that. So the rules that you were only supposed to be socializing with your own household, which will be defined as the people who live in the same dwelling as yourself, and the only kind of exception to the rule is if you do live alone, then Dr. Bonnie Henry says, you know, you can have one or two people uh, in what I would call like your your bubble buddies, if you will. Um, and that's pretty much it, right? That's that's the, the maximum amount of socializing we're really supposed to be doing outside of where we live. 
Does the fact that the Premier doesn't even seem to quite grasp what we're talking about here when it comes to the social aspect of things and still planning to, you know, over the holidays, have a dinner with two people from outside of his house, what does this say to you? Does this say that the Premier is still confused about what exactly the rules are? Or does it say that even those who are in the top elected official positions in our province still are, un- are willing to, to maybe bend the rules a little bit? I think it's a little of both. I mean, the rules are incredibly confusing. Um, Even, you know, being able to go over to somebody's house for Christmas dinner, you can have a grandparent who provides care for a grandchild that's in your house all the time for Christmas dinner, apparently, under these rules. They make no sense. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to follow them. Um, and, And it leads to a lot of confusion. The problem, legally speaking, when somebody with as much power and authority as the premier comes out and says, my buddy the health minister told me that I can do this is it can amount to a legal defense for people who do break the rules and get together and and rely on the information that John Horgan gave to make the decision to have a small family dinner. Yeah, I just couldn't believe it when he came out and said it because, I mean, it was pretty, it's been pretty clear, right, for this past, uh, you know, 20 plus days. I can't even remember when these new health orders were actually first implemented, but it's been a little while here. And it seems pretty straightforward to me. If if they don't live in their same, in your same home and you don't live alone, then you shouldn't be having any sort of get together with these types of individuals. It feels pretty cut and dry to me. And one of the things when I'm hearing a lot of questions come forward on the newsers with Dr. Henry and Adrian Dix, when there's, well, what if I isolate for two weeks and this other household isolates for two weeks and we all take these proper precautions and then we can get together is that okay i almost feel like well if you have to ask these types of questions then it's probably not okay yeah the other thing that frustrates me about it is it's a slap in the face to all of the people who've been doing their best to comply with the rules as confusing as they are you know to hear that there's some type of a conversation that's going on between john horgan and adrian dix in which he's told oh it's fine for you to bend the rules it's almost like they feel like and maybe this isn't the case but it, it gives the perception that they feel like the rules don't really apply to them and they don't have to take it that seriously and it's hard for the public to want to take it seriously and to get the buy-in that we need when our top elected official is saying yeah i'm going to bend the rule and, and the health minister said it was fine yeah i'm interested to see uh what comes out of out of this this afternoon because i'm sure there'll be some questions posed to our health officials based on these comments from the premier so interesting to see what is going to come out of that here today but uh yeah disappointing to hear those comments from the premier to be honest but uh, not surprised that he backtracked rather quickly I think that's all here for today, Kyla. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. This will probably be our last chat here of of 2020. So uh, thank you so much for for always uh, taking the time to join me. It's been a great year um, when it comes to the radio gig. Maybe not a great year when it comes to real life, but uh, always appreciate your time. So thank you so much for this. Um, Have yourself a fantastic holiday, a great new year. We'll talk again in 2021. And uh, thank you so much for everything you've done for me over the course of this year. Oh, well, thank you. I've enjoyed all of these chats all year. It's been some of the best parts of my year this year. Awesome stuff. Well, thanks again, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, bye. All right. Acumen Laws. Kyla Lee, thank you so much for always being available and always coming on the program every single Monday, uh, pretty much for the entirety of 2020. Even when she got COVID back in the uh, early part of the spring there, she still said, I'll power through it. You might have to, uh, you know, record me ahead of time and edit things in case I have to cough or have a, a sick fit. 
didn't matter. You still took the time to come on and, and talk about some, some legal issues happening in the province of BC and around the world. So thank you so much to Kyla for always, uh, you know, being in good spirits and, and willing to come on and chat with me and provide some good information, I believe, on a weekly basis.